an action-packed hour with your friends Will and Travis. It's the Days Past Toontast. Hello and welcome, listeners, to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will, and I co-host this podcast. My name is Travis, and I co-host this Tooncast podcast. Oh yeah, it was a close one. We're here. We're clear. We want to talk about tunes. Yes. Yes. Please. And we're going to today. Today is a very special day, indeed, because today we will be revisiting. For the first time, we'll be revisiting. A show that we've talked about prior mm, on this very the podcast. The first of its kind. The very fir- this is the very first cartoon that we talked about. It's the cartoon that started it all for us. It's the one that we bonded over as men, as yes. two human men in the yeah. world, that really had nothing in common <laughs> except for this. Tooncast, 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 Tooncast! It's Thundercats! Today we are discussing the second episode ever produced of the Thundercats, entitled The Unholy Alliance. Mm -hmm. Again, very, very heavy name. (laughs) They really, I mean, I think a lot of Thundercats... They really thought highly of themselves with some of these titles. They some of them later on, not yeah, so much. They, they knew they were on to something. Yeah, they knew they were like, getting you know it. This, this deserves this level of, of seriousness, I think. <laughs> the, the Thundercats, the Ten Commandments. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, I mean, this is, I guess, <laughs> I'm not sure which part of the Bible this is a retelling of, but it's certainly a, it's a continuation of the Exodus story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is them wandering in the desert, it seems right. like. Uh, this first aired on January 23rd, 1985, which is actually when the first episode aired as well, because they were often aired uh, as a like a two-part pilot. Right. And y- watching the episode, I really can see that more now, where it's like, oh, absolutely, this is the other part of this thing, because on its own, it's a story, but it really just continues that half story that they told in the first one. They didn't. Not that much happened in the first. Not all that much happens in this one. They could probably make a twenty-five minute cartoon out of the two episodes if they cut some of the shit. Cut the bullshit. Cut man. the bullshit. Uh, last we were with these cats of thunder. Uh, they had. <laughs> that's where they're from. It's thunder. No, thundera. I said thunderia a bunch. Apparently, last episode that we covered them. So I really need to watch my p's and my q's and my thunderas. The Thundercats had crash landed on Third Earth. Coming from Thundera, they were chased by the mutants of Plundar, who are chasing the Eye of Thundera, which is in the Sword of Omens. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, noun of nouns. And uh, they've crash-landed and overcome the mutants, and now this is their new home, Third Earth. That's where we pick things up. It's pretty much like, you know, minutes later, it seems right. like, when we pick this now, did up. Now, did you watch this one? In the uh, in the movie theater as well. Yes, I did. Okay, for the most part, I will sure. say that I watched it. Like last time we watched this cartoon, we both watched a version of it that was on a, a website and had this frame, this still unmoving frame that looked made it look like you're in a movie theater. And yes, I did watch it that way again. I kind of felt weird if I didn't do it. It didn't feel like it was the same show. All that movie theater misses. Yeah, 
that you're that you're watching it through yeah. is like someone fighting in the front, yeah, yeah, someone yeah, yeah. talking to the side, right, right, a teenage couple making out to the right yes. of you. It's it's ridiculous. If you do a search for Thundercats episodes uh, on any it, your preferred search engine, you will be seeing what we're talking about at yeah. some point in there. Uh, I did also part of the time watch a version of it that didn't have any music for some reason. Really weird. Like, because I was trying to make clips for the show mm -hmm. and some of it was music related. And I went to that section and it's just people fighting. Like, if you, when you don't have cool music playing on these cartoon shows, the the fighting seems even slower and weirder and stupider. Yeah. Like it's like why why am I even watching this? It's just <laughs> pictures. Like the 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 music really sells it, and especially on this show. I mean, if you heard that title theme, yeah, right. Okay, so we pick up at basically where we left off. We're looking at Third Earth. We're looking at the crash site of this giant Thundarian ship, and man, it's crashed all the fuck. It is. Yeah, and we see that nearby Liono, Tigra, and Snarf are hanging out. Shooting the shit. Yeah. And what's apparently happening is they're supposed to be unloading shit from the, from the ship, right? Right, 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 and, right. And Panthro is doing that seemingly alone. Like, Tigra is over with him, kind of just watching him do it. I guess he's managing or supervising. And then the other three must be on their lunch break, I hope, or else I'd be pretty pissed off if I was Panthro. And Panthro is pissed off. He's just sounds fucking angry. I have a clip of it because it's so funny. He's immediately, he seems like the coolest one, right? Yeah. And he loses his shit like right away. And all all I see is is Cosby Dad now. I know, that's I know. All I freaking see. I know, I know. It's and that's you know he it's similar character you know similar character traits I guess going yeah. on there. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna play this because I guess think think of this situation when you hear this clip. Think of Panthro as a dad who's trying to get his family to go on vacation and no one's helping him with anything. Yeah, he, and he's he's having he's having to pack everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make the tent. <laughs> exactly. And no one's helping him. And then what happens at the end is one of the kids is trying to draw everyone's attention away from the awkwardness of the situation of dad being so pissed off. Dang, blasted, worthless piece of junk. Blasted stabilizer spirals are completely shot. So it seems. How do things look otherwise? Not too bad. All in all, main thing in an emergency is to stay calm. We're in good shape in the food department. <laughs> it's, I mean, Tiger is kind of like, yeah, yeah, uh, everything okay? <laughs> and Panthro, he he's he is off his meds. Drops he switches. His shit, yeah. He he he's freaking out, and then he's like immediately switches to. No, I'm good. Just need to stay calm in emergencies. Like, is there about to be an emergency? He straightens <laughs> a bar of steel as he says that, almost like a threat. Like, yeah, right. everything's fine now. Breathe in. Yeah. Breathe out. <laughs> Serenity now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Wiley, Wiley Cat comes in like, everything's good now, right? I love it. I love it. It's just they're already a dysfunctional family for us. Well, hey, it's what you wanted. You said you wanted. This is a little closer, although it really they're not wearing it on their sleeves. They're not like it seems like they're all repressing how they feel about each other, you know, big time. <laughs> Hopefully this will explode at some point. We'll have a massive. They'll be in the headlines. Oh, yeah. By the way, the rations, the food rations they yeah. get are just like big, either giant cookies or like uh, Frisbees made out of bread. Right. Is what they look like. And they throw them at each other and catch them like they are Frisbees. It's, it sounds delicious. Very crispy <laughs> astronaut food. Um, Lion-O suggests like immediately that he's not going to help. I'm going to go look around the area before because we just crash landed on a new planet. God knows what's here. Yeah. That's a good point. But the way he brings it up, I almost feel like he just doesn't want to work. And he's probably gets like he's like, wait, so I'm Lord of the Thundercats. So if I just like say I don't want to do this, who's going to stop me? And no one does stop him. In fact, 
Tigra is all about it. Tigra is like, yeah, dude, here's, here's some tools. Go off into the forest on your own. You should do that. And all throughout this, I'm like, Tigra seems to be like encouraging bad choices on his part. And the yeah, others bit. question him. I'm kind of wondering if. And, th and then during this, others do make reference that he is still a kid. You know oh, I mean? dude, like, they, they sell it to us so fucking hard. I got a <laughs> clip of it. Like they, they in do. case you didn't. Here's the thing. It's one thing for this to be aired next week after the first, like, you know, the first episode. And it's like, hey, remember, by the way. But this is something that you you might have just watched. 10 seconds after the last one ended. By the way, remember, here's a plot point. This guy's young, but he looks old. And, you know, it's just, but he's young, but he, uh, but old, but young, yeah, young, yeah. Old. yeah. Huge, huge expository issues there, but so be it. That's the, that is cartoon law. You will make sure that the lowest common denominator, the worst memory will still be refreshed, you know, by the end of the episode. But I, I swear like Tigra, I think is trying to get in good with Lionel. He's like, okay, so this guy's king of the crop now. So I'm going to let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Because he's king and he's a kid, so if I give him what he wants, he'll like me. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I see Tiger working. I think he's kind of he's a little shiftier than people realize. Right. When Lionel goes out into the forest, Tiger's like, "Hey, make sure you take your sword." By the way, this thing that's like the most—it was the plot point to the first episode, and really is in this one too. It's like, don't forget this thing. This is important. It's your lifeline, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like only the only reason we exist. <laughs> but he also gives him the—he um, calls it the claw shield. Yeah, which that thing is awesome. I forgot about I did too. this item. I totally—they just bring it out of nowhere, really, and. It is given no fanfare whatsoever. It's just like, here's the Sword of Omens, which is kind of swept under the table. But the way that he hands the guard over, it's as though we should know what it is. Right. Like, your claw guard. If you told me what a claw guard, I would just be like, is that for the back of my truck? Like, what's the... <laughs> I don't understand. Does it go in the rear view? Yeah. What, what, what yeah. is this, what does does this protect do? it? And, uh, but, like, the claw guard, I remember being with the toy. Like, you could actually snap it onto his little hand, and it looked pretty cool. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I wonder if there was, like, a full-grown one. Like one that you could wear as a kid. Yeah, right. That'd be pretty cool. It would be. And here's the whole Thundercat crew, including Tigra, uh, really just completely spelling out for us exactly what's been going on with Lionel. And also, uh, they don't seem to be in agreement as to how to parent young Lionel as a group of adults. Right. <laughs> Is that a good idea, Tigra? Should we be making it easy for Lionel to shirk unpleasant duties? Remember, Lord Lionel spent ten Galacto years in a suspension capsule. During that time, he grew in size, but he did not grow up. He missed those first-hand life experiences through which one matures. That could not be more spelled out for a child I, to understand. I don't get it. I wish they would spell it out more, maybe, though. Maybe so get into more detail. <laughs> Galacto years is a particularly uh, lazy <laughs> way to... What, what is the difference? I mean, light years is a way of measuring distance. Galacto years, what, what is a galacto year? Right. A, gala a space year is... I would think similar to a, a year here. I don't know. Maybe I don't understand physics. <laughs> I think I've said that before, actually. <laughs> but yeah, they, they really spell it out for you in case you didn't understand. And not only do you, they spell it out from a plot perspective, but also like, here's why he acts the way he acts. And this is why we have to act the way we act. Everything's perfectly wrapped up with a bow on top. No yeah. problem. It does seem kind of like Tigra is covering for him to let him do something that really he shouldn't do. And again, it's like, I don't know if it's because... He wants to be on Lionel's good side, or if he genuinely thinks like this is the best way to teach him. But they all three don't seem to completely agree on like what's best for them as a group and how to handle this man child that's walking around with the sword that's yeah. supposedly in charge of them. Hey, as I continue to watch this show, in my memory, man, Tigra. Tigra is is more um memorable to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, than than a Lino almost. I mean it's a great design. Really yeah. looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would watch a Tiger spinoff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember him more than more than Lino. Yeah. Like I really liked. I really liked Tigra the uh, the toy. Like he had the little whip that I wanted to eat and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. cherry sour. Yeah. Whip. The cherry sour whip. He still he still got it. I don't think he uses it in this one. He doesn't get a lot of play after this first part of the episode. <laughs> So they 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 don't agree on how to do it, but they all just let him do his own thing. You know, like yeah. he's I don't know what to, how do you deal with a, a teenager in a human full grown body? So they just let him go off into That's the a forest. Cat. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> and uh, at which point we catch up with our buddies, the mutants, who seem to be like a leftover. Like the three main mutants, I guess, from the last episode are still on Third Earth looking for the Thundercats. And I, I just make up that like the rest of them are up in space, kind of like, I guess, just licking their wounds, saying we don't know what to do. And these guys are stuck down here doing the grunt work. Right. Although they also seem to be the leaders of the whole thing. So or they did last episode. Um, we've got Jackal Man. Pretty self-explanatory. We've got Monkeyan. I kept saying Monkey Man. It's Monkeyan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Silly. And then Slive, which is a lizard man, and uh, they are looking for Thundercats. They happen up on ruins in the desert. Like this is a very, like topographically and climate-wise, this is quite a varied planet. This third planet, this <laughs> yeah, third right. Earth, because they go from being over forest to desert in a matter of minutes. Yeah. It seems like if they're at all in the same area, and. I've got a clip here of these three discussing what they're seeing, the ruins and everything else. I want to remind us of two. Th well, I want to say two things about it. Uh, one is that last time we talked, Monkeyan, it was pointed out how fucking stupid he was. Right. Uh, <laughs> and like so much that he could barely speak English sometimes. And then also that Slythe seems to have developed a certain tick in his speech now that was not present in the last episode. So I almost wonder if it's like a manifestation of him feeling bad because he lost the battle. He's not good enough, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Let's find out. Okay. You be the judge. All right. Not you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Architecture of a sort. But in ruins. So there was some kind of civilization on this ridiculous pebble of a planet. If I know the Thundercats, they will lose no time in building an impregnable fortress. So look for a likely spot to build Castle Plunder. Yes. Slythe has started saying yes at the end of almost every sentence <laughs> unnecessarily. Like, Let's go to the store. Yes. yes. I, I, maybe he's trying to do like a Kevin Nealon um, subliminal man type of thing where he's like, <laughs> he's giving you an affirmative uh, every time so that you will also agree with him. Well, I've already agreed. I mean, he said yes. So um, Monkey Man gives a whole spiel, man, about how like, you know, like they if they if they had ruins like this and there would have been a civilization, et cetera. Like that's some decent high level thinking for an idiot. <laughs> he really shouldn't. They're not really keeping with how dumb he is. Yeah. And I, I, it just seems that someone who would say where he go would not be able to do this kind of reasoning in my mind. But so be it. I guess it was uh, it was needed to explain that to somebody. I don't even think a kids would give a shit about yeah. what he just said. Uh, by the way, the voices were in <laughs> order. Maybe, maybe they knew that that some 30 year olds were going to be doing a podcast about this they, later on. They knew all about it. They yeah. had this all in their minds. <laughs> Man, they were futurists on this Thundercats. Uh, in order, those were Jackalman, Monkeyan, and Slythe. It's sometimes hard to tell the difference between Jackalman and Slythe uh, yeah. unless Jackalman is laughing. And yeah. like, <laughs> he's really just Skeletor <laughs> over again. Um, the mutants, like uh, Monkeyan said something about this ridiculous planet. 
like they keep insulting the planet. Like not just them, but the Thundercats. Like last time they were like, their sun is only yay big and shit like that. Like why is it necessary for them to neg the planet, man? Just it's a planet. Like I've never said anything rude about any planet. As far as I can recall. Well, dude, when the mics were off the other day, you said some pretty mm, messed up stuff Travis, about. Travis. Oh, okay. Sorry. The mutants are real jerks about our planet, as are the Thundercats. Everyone just looks down. I say our planet. I mean, it's the third planet from the sun. But they also talk about, like, even Jaquaman, like, he says, like, he misses the scrum forests of Plundar. <laughs> I don't know what a scrum forest is. It doesn't sound good. I mean, like, they kind of revel in shitty things. It seems right. like, like, <laughs> like they want to live in squalor, it yeah. seems like. And Slythe at this point seems to kind of be taking point as leader. Again, I feel like that's his like positive new outlook on life to say yes at the end of everything. And I don't know if it's because he's one of the few with like a proper name instead of just Jackal Man or whatever. His name doesn't isn't like Lizardo yeah. or anything. But maybe that gives him more power. As they're exploring the desert uh, amongst the ruins, they come up on a black pyramid that is so fucking cool. Looking. Also, your screen name. That's my favorite screen name of many. <laughs> black pyramid, Lionel Lover. Tigra Touter. <laughs> Chester Chitara. Yeah. Yeah. This black pyramid has like four spires around it and there's a lightning storm of red energy. And it's just like, you should steer clear of this thing, obviously. Like, don't don't right. fly over it. Yeah. But they, they're stupid enough to fly right into all that shit and they get shot down essentially by this red energy. And this place, look, just the look of black, the Black Pyramid is cool inside and out, man. It's foreboding. It looks kind of almost organic. Yeah. Like it's like dark, but it has like like pox marks or something like yeah, that yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It just looks like they spent more time on designing that and drawing it than anything else. It's pretty It's pretty great, man. It's worth it, man. Yeah. Um, and anything Egyptian or even halfway Egyptian just automatically looks cooler. People, you know... <laughs> <laughs> All of it. All anything that's come from Egypt, I like it. Is dope. Yeah, automatically. Mm -hmm. They are called out to by a voice, and the front door—I guess that's what you call it—at a pyramid. <laughs> the front door of the pyramid disintegrates, and they are called to by one of the most melodious yeah. yet decrepit <laughs> voices in any cartoon ever. I don't want to. I, I I dare not speak his name, for he is. The wicked, the undying. Who? Where are you? Who are you? You need only know that I am Mamra. As long as evil exists, Mamra lives. Yes. Do you know? Every time I've heard him now, that particular spot, who he reminds me of. Who's that? Vocal quality and what he's saying. Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Okay, yes. He sounds just like he's like, now is the season of evil. <laughs> and the way things get pronounced like evil. Hell, it might, I didn't see any credits for that, but this could be the same guy. But wow. I don't think it is. But um, man, what a voice. What a, like, it, it just, is just dripping with age yeah. and in uh, sinisterness. Yeah. And it's, I love it, dude. It sounds awesome. And uh, he... He's just dedicated to evil, like he just for evil's sake. He he's just like as long as evil is alive, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm showing up to that party. Awesome. As as one of the, if not the dopest villains. For me, he's the best. He because he, he, yeah. he's got two different forms, and both of them are cool. 
One is big and scary. One is small and scary. <laughs> one's kind of decrepit and like yeah. I'll cast magic on you, and the other one's like I'm gonna bear hug you and break your spine. Yeah, you know he. They follow this voice in an orb of light that leads the mutants. They're, all they're hearing is a voice at this point. <laughs> the orb looks like the Brazil flag. Yeah. <laughs> the, little, the little green ball. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not world conscious enough to know what the the Brazil flag looks yeah. like. Yeah, I kind it's, of. It's a green. Ball. I, I think I know. I think I know what you're talking about. They're led through catacombs with hieroglyphics and everything. I mean, everything looks really cool in there. It's really a pretty scary place. And like they, there's scarabs and bats and everything. And at one point, Mumra says, he says, do not fear. He's basically like trying to entice them into the place. And Slythe gets all egotistical about it. He goes like, I am Slythe and I fear nothing. And then he says, actually, this place is pleasant. He's really trying to sell it hard. Yeah, just how right. cool he is. It's like, dude, I love, what are you talking about? I love it in here. I love these bats and shit. Yeah. You don't know me. Like, dude, just... It's great, man. I love the ambiance. Totally. Yeah, he needs to cool off a little bit. Back <laughs> off of that. He's selling it a little too hard for me. Um, They walk into the actual tomb room. The tomb room. Ooh. Yeah. And there's this bubbling cauldron, this pool, and there's these four statues of what I believe are supposed to be gods that they don't even talk about. Like, yeah. none of this mythology <laughs> is... Exp- no, I like that in this yeah. case. Like, where it's like, it's scarier to me to not explain w- the deal behind these things. True in, like, any horror movie. Anyone who knows me and has ever heard me talk about a horror movie, they know that I always say it's always scarier not to know anything about what's going on. And I think that's true here, where it's like, it's implied that there's some history and some mythology and we don't know what the fuck it is. We yeah. just know that Mumra serves the evil side of the evil ancients. What what more do you need out of a villain? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. They wander in there and they find not only this cauldron or whatever you want to call it, this pool, but they also see a sarcophagus, which Monkian calls a casket. And I think that's kind of underselling what it is. Like yeah. a casket is a wooden <laughs> or metal thing. Like this is a stone man-shaped sarcophagus. Yeah, Gell yeah. it what it is. Like yeah. that's that's worthy of the sarcophagus name. Mumra, again, when he makes his appearance, even as like the elderly aging Mumra. That looks like um, Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still to me, I've said it before, Mumra is Skeletor from He-Man done right. Because he's evil, he looks kind of skullish, like you know, he's he's evil, he's a uh, decrepit looking and everything. But he's both the like creeping along magician type, and he can turn into the big strong guy, the big beefcake, big beefcake, uh, hugely. Oh, dude, he's so beefed out. He's beefed out more than Le- Leonardo <laughs> than than Lionel is. Yeah, yeah, they're all becoming the same show to me. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's going to show up in one. But yeah, he's he's Skeletor done right. He's not whiny. He's got the yeah, you know the kind of growly stuff, but he he does like taunt people. He's he's not just completely like without humor to him. He has this mid Atlantic accent, like everything he pronounces like evil, you know, like a little bit of that. It's just dripping with atmosphere, <laughs> man. I love it. I love it so much. It's really good. It is. It's Mumra talks to the mutants about like he knows why they came to the planet. And they said that they came for the eye of Thundera. He's like, yes, I know about that. That that strikes me as very unlikely that he would know about this little jewel from a, a planet way far away from there. Like he's a guy who's been, as far as I know, he's been on this planet his whole life. So why would he know about this? But apparently, he knows not only about that, but he refer he says like I've known about it since Third Earth, the planet we're on, was called First Earth. This really, th- I had to pause it because it threw me. Third Earth is what the Thundercats call this planet because they noticed it's the third planet from the sun. They named it. They have not talked to Mumra about this. They didn't forward him an email saying, by the way, those of us on Thundercats are referring to the planet as Third Earth from now on. But that's what they that's what he's going to call it. And also, why would it ever have been First Earth? 
were there two planets that have come into existence in the past thousand years <laughs> that made it the third Earth? From the sun? Yeah. Yeah. That's just, they tried to stretch their, I've known about this for a long time. They stepped too far and they tripped over the dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm not. I'm you, not buying it. I don't know. You look like you're halfway buying it. Well, a little bit. You look like I'm you want to defend Mumra on this one. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not, it's not Mumra's fault. They wrote those lines for him. Yeah. Like Mumra didn't want to say that. He would have said something better. Dude, I, I heard that Mumra writes his own lines. I, I believe it, dude. He has some good shit to say. He just seems to revel in his own disgustingness and yeah. evil. I love it. <laughs> the mutants are pretty stupid to doubt Mumra at this point. Like, they don't really think he's very powerful or he can help them with this whole Thundercats situation. I don't know why. He just downed their ship. Like, do they think that was a naturally occurring lightning bolt? <laughs> their ship is red over this pyramid. And so he's like, well, fine, I'll show you. And he he shoots magic out of his hands and the pool shows them their ship outside and it sinks kind of creepily into the sand. He's trapped them here. You're now, you have no choice but to deal with me is essentially what he's saying. Yeah, right. And it feels a bit like a setup, like a, like a pyramid scheme. Uh, <laughs> it really is though because he's like he's kind of like okay well since you're here like you don't really have any other choice now that you're talking to me oh by the way your ship isn't going to work because it's in the sand Yeah, and the way that both sides talk to each other Mumra on one side and the mutants on the other both are speaking like if I said to you Travis like oh sure I will definitely help you out not at all to my benefit when you need to move on Saturday <laughs> if I said that to you and you said in response Great, Will. I'm really looking forward to that. And in no way am I going to seek any payback for that in any way. That's how they're talking to each other, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Neither side trusts the other, and neither one is hiding that at all. And I have to wonder, but they don't address it. Yeah. So I have to wonder if each side thinks they're really like, yeah, they have no idea what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, man. And I, but I feel like Mumra would pick up on it, if not the mutants, then Mumra would pick up on their, you know, not wanting to help him. Like, I mean, they've already said it and yeah. anything, but it just is when they're selling it that hard to each other, it's like, guys, back off a little bit. Like, if you really want to trick the other guy, don't just wear your fucking heart on your sleeve. Uh, Mumra says something about, like, how he can't leave and how they or he's think he has like a, a moment where he thinks to himself because he's saying like I'll send you guys after the Thundercats we'll get the Eye of Thunder we'll share its power of course I'll help you yeah exactly do everything you want to do there's more than enough like when people <laughs> say things like this to you and they're in red cloaks and bandages you need to question it yeah right. like and they sunk your ship <laughs> yeah like that wasn't an, I wonder if the mutants thought that was on accident too like hey that's just a thing that happens in the desert <laughs> just swallows up vehicles yeah but he says like something about the price I must pay to leave the pyramid, which it seems like he can't leave unless he's transformed into the monster or something else. Right. But like, what's the price he pays? They never say. And that makes it creepier. Like, does he sell a part of his soul every time he transforms or does he sacrifice a lamb or good question? What? Like, what's the price? Yeah. What's the price? He 39 pays? 50. Oh, not high 39 enough. 39 50. Now, you know, which I would guess 50. Mm -hmm. That's a $50, $50 for a mumra. <laughs> He shows them where Lionel is, which is in the forest. I'm sure they've already passed him over. <laughs> like if they missed it, if they just would have looked harder, they would never would have found Mumra there. He, we cut to what they're seeing. Lionel is in the forest and he is playing on his own like a child, which actually was a pretty good like detail. I think that he's right. just messing around with the sword, like take that varmint. He says varmint, by the way. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's what he says. <laughs> Didn't get that. Part. I think that's what he says. I obviously I'm not too sure about that. 
he hears what sounds like a really weird high-pitched noise that's like a person, and he runs over to the edge of a cliff, and he overlooks what look are like are some gazelles or <laughs> some kind of four-legged animals. He immediately wants to go kill these things. He thinks that's going to be fun. And when he tries to go run and do it, he starts charging at him. The sword of omens flies out of his hand of its own volition and gets stuck in the ground like sword in the stone. It was a very mm-hmm. sword in the stone mm-hmm. situation. He's trying to pull it out. He commands the sword. He says, I command you. Like this power trip he's on already yeah. as emperor of the Thundercats. He's already losing his mind. He's commanding a sword to kill him out of the ground. And guess who shows Inter-stage up? Interstage left. That's right. Senor Yaga. Yaga. <laughs> Yaga. Yaga. <laughs> Mr. Force Ghost Jaga, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, shows up to scold lion and I think rightfully so. He says, well, I'm going to play the clip, because here's something I want you to keep in mind as you listen to this. There are three things, three traits called the McDonald triad that we look for in young serial killers. Guess which one lion has? The sword will never obey in order to destroy wantonly lion Oh, I was just going to have some fun. Fun? Your food supplies are plentiful at present, and those gentle creatures have as much right to the life force as you do, Lionel. So you could take this as anti-hunting propaganda, right? <laughs> but my issue with it, and I was talking about before about the McDonald triad, is that Lionel decides to, he has a sword. So he decides he's just going to go like slaughter in the most literal sense animals. He doesn't need food, he's, and he says it's just for fun. That he's going to go kill these things, like just like carve them up with a sword. Right. That strikes me as a little more than just like a kid not understanding. He knows what death is. Like Jaga died, so he understands. It's not like a why, why, why would that be bad? But it just strikes me as kind of uh, sadistic. Yeah, I mean, we all know that the McDonald Triad is is when you get a burger, fries, and a drink. Right. That's why we have so many serial killers in yes, America. Yes. Yes. It makes sense. <laughs> well, the other two are bedwetting and. Uh, Playing with fire. Yes, 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 yes. yes, So I haven't seen him wet a bed. I haven't seen him sleep, for that matter. And I haven't seen him light a fire yet. So let's keep an eye out for like the rest of the series when Mm -hmm. we come back to it to see if he has any Episode 40. He does all three. Lionel, yeah, it's (laughs) Lionel loses it. Lionel's learned his lesson. I mean, kind of, it seems like. Jaga disappears. He's like, Jaga, come back. I have more questions. Well, Jaga only shows up for those things that he wants to talk about. Right. Yeah, it's a one-way conversation with Jaga. You can't call on him. No, he he's a, he, he pops in. He does a pop in. Yeah. And at that point, the eye opens up, and it's warning Lionel, danger, danger. Lionel picks it up, and he's looking through the aperture, and it's awesome. You know, it's like, okay, cool, I'm going to foresee the problem. But what he sees through the eye is what's in front of him. <laughs> the mutants just appear. Like, it doesn't do anything special. It just yeah. shows him that the mutants have teleported into his space. But the mutants, Jackalman, Slythe, and Monkeyan have appeared, and they are going to attack Lionel. And by attack, I mean dogpile. They just all jump on him at once. Like, he's powerful enough that they have to, but it's a pretty funny image just to see these three monster men just jumping on a guy, and they're not doing anything else. Right, yeah, they do it for way longer than they should have on the card. Oh, yeah, and it leads to one of a few aborted uh, Thundercats hoes. In the, sh- in the cartoon, I'm going to play it because there's something very, for me, as growing up with this, something very anticlimactic and even like blue balls about hearing Thundercats, 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 and then it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> if you interrupt it, it is a very bad feeling for me. Thunder, 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 Thundercats, Thundercats, ho! <sighs> I 
had to add the other part in from one in a second. He gets it right because yeah. otherwise I just wouldn't be. I'd be tense for the rest of the podcast. Can you, can you throw your cargo shorts back on, please? Fine. <laughs> I feel better. I feel yeah. better with that. Like blunder, I, blunder, blunder, <laughs> blunder. I would think that Lionel being like the Lord of the Thundercats. I mean, I know he's a kid in a man's body, but look at him. Like he's a monster. He should be able to take these guys on, I would yeah. think, with the sword and everything. But he puts out the call and the only people to respond are Panthro, which is like exactly who I would want on yes. my side. Yes. He's like number one. He's like the linebacker, you know. But Wily Kit and Wily Cat also respond. Uh Chitara and Tigra are nowhere to be seen. Uh, one, there's some brand new Thundercats groove music going on that I have to play for you because it's like above and beyond <laughs> disco funk. Like, hey, hey for this, I, I, yeah, for this I put nice love jazz session pops up for fight scene, slow tempo. Yes, oh, it's way slow, dude, <laughs> and I, it's way not way not fitting of what they're doing. But God, do I love hearing it. Let's take a listen to that. Yes. Oof. Got some slap octave bass. Bumping, bumping. It's almost like it's the kind of music that they would play in like the opening to Grease. Do you know the first song they play in the yeah. movie Grease? Yeah. It's like that, like with the horn <laughs> thing, and it's kind of nice rock steady beat for on the floor. That's way too sexy it to is. be in this cartoon show. Love jam, yeah. love oh, jazz. Oh god, man! That's, I hope they add like a new track, one per episode, <laughs> so I can just build a repertoire of awesome love making Thundercats tunes. Yeah, when when Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat show up, I mean they actually are effective, I guess. But I would not be happy with the children showing up. If I was lying, no, I'd be making a face and complaining. Like this is all you have. I'm the fucking lord of the of the whole Thundercats. What's remains of the Thundarians, and this is all you have to offer me. Disappointing. <laughs> To say the least. Yes. I can just see me like, yeah, great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your help. Uh, <laughs> after they scare away, again, just scare away the the mutants, they disappear. They teleport off. It's a cool effect. Like It's kind of like a, a sketchy blink. Right. And they just disappear. And Panther just like, I don't like the looks of that. <laughs> Pretty much just <laughs> looks like they're learning new tricks. Like he, In a lot of the cartoons we watch, I mean, I don't know what goes on on Thundera. Like maybe teleportation isn't that uncommon. <laughs> Again, I'm not even like trying to make a, that much of a joke out of it because I say it every fucking time it happens, but nobody reacts to like crazy things happening. It's just like, <laughs> I don't like the looks of that. I don't like, uh, no, sir, not approving of this teleportation. That's some new trick. It seems like they should have a little bit more of a reaction to that. But Lionel, like he asks, where are my other people? Chitara and Lion are in Tigra, and Panther lets him know that they're looking for a spot, a real estate spot for their <laughs> new lair. And he says, "Well, I'm going to go find them because they didn't respond." And Panther questions it once. He just says, "Are you sure that's a great idea?" And Lionel says, "Yes, I'm the Lord of the Thundercats. I know he's a kid." So maybe he doesn't learn lessons quickly, but man, is that immediately like the stupidest thing? You just got in trouble. There are teleporting mutants. You don't know when they might return. They could come right back. Yeah. Why not stick together? Is it that important to unload your fucking car? Yeah, right. right. Now? <laughs> your, your wrecked car. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Here's the thing on this show. I feel like they're kind of like demonstrating good boundaries and that like when Lionel makes a choice, like, okay, ma'am. You do it. You're going to have to live with it, except that they keep having to bail him out of shit. Yeah, right. That'd be a different thing if he had to deal with his own problems, you know, but he doesn't. Back at the Black Pyramid, Mumra has the mutants. They've arrived, and they're empty-handed, and Mumra just mocks the shit out of them, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a little clip of this, because I love... Like, I could be made fun of this way all day long by someone who talks like Mumra does. He, The issue is that he can't really take 
what he dishes out very well. Uh, when they like give him shit, he does not take it for a second. Like right. he'll sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, great job you did." When they're like, "Well, you do better," he's like, "What?" Like immediately, just it's like <laughs> I, he can't stand it for a second. Somebody <laughs> somewhere in his background, he I, I, I this is what I wrote down. He's like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. If you call him Chicken. He has no control. He's just going to do whatever it takes. And like Mumra is the same way. It's like if you question him at all, he's going to fucking show you. It doesn't matter. He'll blow up a whole civilization to yeah. show you what he's made of. <laughs> the dreaded mutants, the scourge of the universe, return with their tails between their legs, having failed to disarm a single overgrown boy. If you think it's so easy fighting the Thundercats, try it yourself next time. I love it, man. It's I seriously like it, I would have like this classically trained theater actor insult me as Mumra for hours. I would hire him to hang out in my house. It's like washing dishes like a peasant again, just totally chewing on him, man. And so, and Jacko Man's not really having it. I think that's Jacko Man. Who can tell? Right, <laughs> but. You, I want to hear how he reacts to them giving him shit because it is such a turnaround so quickly. Like I, he really needs to learn to either like maybe dial it back when he's making fun of people <laughs> right. or grow a little bit thicker skin, especially for being a thousand years old or whatever he is. You'd think he'd gotten used to this by now. We haven't seen much of your self-proclaimed power yet, mighty Mumra. You dare to taunt Mumra? You shall see my power then, much to your sorrow. Ancient spirits of evil, transform this decayed form to Mumra, the ever-living. There's a little horn stab there. I didn't really notice the first time. Yeah, it's a little jazz for you. Uh, yeah, so Mumra, man, he really, he like rages out right away. That's not even that bad, what he said. He's like, we haven't seen you demonstrate your shit yet. I mean, he mocks him a tiny bit, but like, you dare, like immediately just hits 10 for even a second that he was questioned. I love it, though, because he's like, he's just waiting to transform at any right. time. He's like, I'm just waiting for somebody to set me off so I can do this. And the way he transforms... Like again, I earlier he mentions like what he like sacrifices to do that. I, that's what it seems like because the way he screams. I said it before. It's like a child who's hurt, like a baby who knocked its noggin or whatever. Maybe, so, maybe it's pain he sacrifices. I think so. For this. I, yeah, he goes through like an emotional trauma and yeah. a physical trauma every time. That's a good point. I don't. If that's the case, though, why doesn't he just stay in that form? Because he's super powerful. I mean. I don't know how much magic he can do, but he can fly in his hair, like the the tresses that are just like hanging off of his head that look like ribbons, yeah, like the ribbons you'd have at the fair or something, like are just flowing around. He must have magic going on, so why not just stay as the big beefy beefy boy? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I mean, he can turn into a seal baby too, like you know another seal. Just stay that way, man. That's true. I don't get it, but the scream just like <laughs> it's right from the back of the throat. <laughs> So this scary, I mean, it's a scary image, man. And he is off and flying through the air, through the ceiling light, <laughs> I guess, or whatever the fuck is in this pyramid, off to go get Lionel. Yeah, but uh, all, the, um, all the other guys are like, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, you set him <laughs> off, man. It was you, Jack. You, Slythe, you pushed him, man. It yeah, wasn't you, me. Yeah, you talk too much shit, man. Yeah, and every every episode, just like we have Thunder, like Sight Beyond Sight, 
you know, sort of omens, give me sight beyond sight, et cetera, et cetera. There's a script that gets run, probably the same recording, honestly, right. <laughs> that gets played. Same thing for Mumra, where he says, like, ancient spirits of evil, et cetera, et cetera. Like, just the, even that part's theatrical, where he's like, uh, transform this decaying form into Mumra, the ever living. And that's what that other form is. And that's just so cool, man. It's just cool. I like it. It is cool, man. Yeah. It's cool, Daddy O. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm snapping over here. Well, Let's find out in a minute what happened to Lionel after these messages. Yes. Nature of the Beast. Discover the ugly truths and dark secrets of true crime, the paranormal, the occult, and conspiracy. Join your guides for weekly episodes and face the true nature of the beast. Hey listeners, my name is Krista and I host a narrative true crime podcast called The Dark Divide. I've always been interested in the circumstances and events which shape a seemingly ordinary life into something made out of our worst nightmares. And now I get to take you all along through the depths of obsessive research and my need to explore the unknown. So I invite you to come stare into the abyss with me. Right now we're available on iTunes and Podbean. See you there. Tooncast! 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 back yes with the conclusion of thundercats episode two the unholy trinity no Mm. unholy alliance (laughs) of trinity of trinity man and bible baby (laughs) (laughs) it's my my new christian comic book i'm coming out with (laughs) trinity man and bible baby (laughs) he can split into three different people the father the son and the ghost and then there's Bible baby, and that baby carries around a Bible. Yeah, it's about as big as he is. It's adorable. All right, like let, me, it. let me write this down real quick because okay, I'm yeah. coming up with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys, we're talking Thundercats, and uh, last we saw, last we talked about these seal babies, the uh, Lion-O had no idea what was headed his way, which was a giant, taut, ripped fellow named Mumra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was showing up, uh, but see, he's not caught up yet, because he's going to fly all the way from the Black Pyramid over to this forest, where Lionel's still just milling about. You know, that I think about miles, it. 19 miles. Yeah, something like, they, they could not be next door to each other. There's a gradual <laughs> change between desert and forest. Like, maybe as a kid, you wouldn't draw it this way, but there is actually, like, you don't just have one right next to the other, as far as I can tell. I don't think <laughs> right. it's physically yeah. possible. Lionel is, again, just kind of joking around in the forest. Like, he... Wh- What's he? He's supposed to be looking for Chitara and Tigra. Did no one? Did they not tell anybody where they were going? Yeah. In fact, they did. They already said they knew where they were going. So why is he just looking around in the forest for these two people? Like, get out of the forest, man. You've you've looked at it enough. Find another <laughs> genome or whatever to go look at. Whatever you call it, binome or whatever it's called, <laughs> area of land. But Lionel, that's where he is, and he comes up on. I don't know if these are common on Third Earth, but a tar pit. Like a little pond that's a tar pit. I mean, maybe it's like unnaturally occurring. Maybe it has to do with Mumra, but yeah. he starts checking it out. And guess who arrives? Questar. No, sir. No. Oh, sorry. Mm-mm. I was sorry. like, that would fit with some tar, tar pits. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. No, guys, it's Mumra. 
Mumra. Mm, Mumra. Wow. That's how you say it classily, is Mumra. Mm-hmm. And he shows up he, in a gust of wind, like in a mini tornado. <laughs> That's his magic at work right there. He doesn't even fly in. He just appears laughing and cackling the entire time he's interacting <laughs> with Lionel. Just, <laughs> I mean, I could I could just loop that and it would, I'd have to go under everything else I'm saying for the rest of the podcast. He seems, that's him and his most skeletor, by the way, because he doesn't really, as cool as he looks, like he's not very effective. I mean, he's winning, but right. he's just laughing and not saying a lot very much. But they start like getting into it physically and Lino just, it's like, okay, well, I better fight him alone. Like that hasn't worked out at all today, but I better fight this unknown demon being, which by the way, he just decides to fight without any provocation. Like he calls it a demon and says, I better fight it. I know he looks evil and he is, but like. Maybe ask him what he's doing there. Just ask him anything. You don't. Even, you just start. He's like, I guess I gotta fight him. Like I might just back off for a second and see what happens. <laughs> Feel it out a little bit. Yeah, right. uh, I'd like to hear, even though it, it pains me to do so. I want to hear Lionel's aborted ho because he almost calls them the Thundercats and decides against it. What is that thing? I'd better thunder, thunder. No. As Lord of the Thundercats, I must fight this demon alone. <laughs> you think to destroy Mamra, the ever living? It cannot be done, boy. <laughs> I, he calls him boy at every juncture. Yeah. Like, even when referring to him to the mutants, I'm simple boy, you know, or whatever. He's just boy every time. They're just he, hitting that home. They're hitting that home every time. He calls him boy like more than a southern cop pulling over a black man. Oh, like, like he hits it hard every <laughs> time, every single time. But it's great. Like he's so mocking and he's got this terrible smile on his face. Like it's really pretty creepy, but it, he really is just like stuck in laughing mode the whole time. He can't kind of break out of just like <laughs> mouth open. But seriously. Yeah. But let me tell you. <laughs> he's maniacal. He is. Well, he looks like he's just lo- he's mad with power. Maybe that's what he gives up when he turns into Mumra, the ever living. Is like his sanity. <laughs> he just like goes. I just lose it. <laughs> I start wearing my clothes backwards, <laughs> like crisscross. <laughs> I put on a tinfoil hat. This is what I sacrifice for you. He starts playing with toys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. He just goes. He, like he can't even control his body anymore. He's just. <laughs> I colored a picture for you. Yes, I like it. <laughs> I think we're skirting back into Skeletor territory oh, sorry, now. Sorry. No, it's it's, it's hard. See, that's the line. He knows the line between Skeletor and Mumra, and he the classy side is where Mumra lives, and we just took it to the not the other side of the tracks, Skeletor <laughs> okay. hood territory. Ooh, yeah. Mostly Mumra is just leaping around and laughing. I, he's kind of toying with with Lionel, but if he really wants that eye, he could have taken it. Like, if he just would have, if he would just reach out and grab it, Lionel doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, the whole thing gets resolved through an accident anyway. Like, it's not like Lionel gets himself out of a pickle with his own uh, fighting skills or knowledge or anything like that. Yeah. Like, Mumra, for uh, this big, muscular dude, like, super meaty, like, beefy beyond belief, BBB, he is very spry. Like, he leaps around a lot. 
He's, twi- uh, he's twice the size of of uh, Lionel. Yeah, he's a he's a thick bro. Yeah, he's a thick man. He, he's he's like Venice Beach, the Venice Beach uh, workout yeah, guys. You yeah, know he's wearing about? like one of those like those tank tops that are just like spaghetti <laughs> that just like are barely on the body. They're just yeah. there to. Sh- it's just so you can say technically I'm wearing a shirt. Right. Like that's and he's not doing that. He's not wearing a shirt. He's full on he man with this shit. Like he's just got a bare chest with the dual, the dual snakes. I love it. I love it. I am gonna get that tattoo on your forehead. On my forehead, man. Uh. <laughs> When when uh, Mumra mentions like being the ever living, Lionel gets really worried. Like he just takes what this man or whatever he is, what he just said, like for face value. He just assumes that because he just said you can't defeat me, I'm the ever living. He's like, oh no, he's immortal. Like why why are you paying attention to what he's saying? Right. Like either fight him or don't. But why are you just believing things that he says out loud to the world at large? Like, that's my title as the ever-living. Maybe I'm not completely undefeatable, but if I just told him, like, hey, Lionel, my name's Will, I'm the ever-living, he's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't attack you then because you're unstoppable. Yeah. Like, don't just take my word for it. Uh, finally, at this point, Lionel is worried, and he finally decides at this late juncture, it's time to call on my buddies. Yeah. And it doesn't work out so great for him. Right. Thunder. Thunder! Thunder! Thundercats! Ho! Thundercats! Ho! <laughs> He's just laughing. This is so. I, oh man, I forgot. Like the first episode, we talked about how the sword, like this whole story of Lionel and a man's body, and the sword's right. kind of his, yeah. like you know, his growing manhood, let's say, and like he can't, he can't get it up. Is what's happening here. And he's got this old man just laughing at him, like on the other side of the sauna, just laughing at him <laughs> as he's sitting there naked, like, what's wrong with my body? Do it. Come on, please. Like, that makes more sense to me now. This is a very impotent moment yeah. for Lionel. He's impotent without his friends. Yep. That's for sure. Yep. You have to rely on friendship if you're ever going to have an erection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fight they have. It's really kind of cool. Like, finally, they start getting into some a little bit more, not punches, I don't think, even, but like, uh, Mumra just like rips up a tree and throws it at Lionel or whatever. No, it falls on Lionel. And then Lionel just picks it up with one arm and throws it at Mumra. Mumra catches it. It's like, now we're talking. This is like the the three way fight in the first Avengers movie where they're, they start in the forest and they go up in the sky. It's right. Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. Like, I was really reminded of that. Like, this is what I want to see in a fight is like two brawling beefcakes just like maybe even touching each other yeah. or at least throwing trunks at each other. <laughs> like, man, it was cool for about 10 seconds and then it didn't go so well. Like it kind of ends at that point. But that felt really cool. I could feel the the power behind what they were doing. And I wanted to see that more because Lionel doesn't look like he'd be that spry. Like he's not so thick that he couldn't do some gymnastics. Obviously, he's a tumbler. All these characters are tumblers, but like I, I like to see them kind of being superheroes. Is what it's like because that is an element of this. Is it feels very superhero-y. So that fight felt good. It felt good to me. It gave you what you wanted, right? It gave me exactly what I needed. <laughs> now I can go on. Yes, doing more tune. Cast. Exactly. Oh, I'm rejuvenated. At this point, uh, Mumra gets the upper hand, and he is just like st- he's just on top of Lionel's uh, body. He's laying uh, supine. He's on top of him, just laughing in his face as typical. <laughs> like he's not at any time in these five minutes. He could have just grabbed the thing he was there for and gotten the fuck out of there. Right. But no, he has to laugh like a cackling maniac right in his face. And as he's doing so, Lionel holds up. What is it? The claw shield mm-hmm. that Tiger gave him, which mm-hmm. is so important. I didn't know it was so shiny. Never was this shiny before, but he holds it's, it up. It's covered in fur to 
by the way, our eyes. Yeah, that's you know what, what it I mean? looks like. Yeah. Also, I didn't. I didn't remember it has like four jewels on the yes. knuckles. You could yes. sell each one of those and live like a king. You don't even if, like everybody can be happy. What <laughs> right. I want to know the story behind that thing. So that thing almost is as cool as the sword, and it right. seems like it has a story behind it. We'll probably never ever hear about that. I'll be disappointed if we don't. Mumra suddenly sees in the, uh, I guess, the reflective surface of this this claw thingy, <laughs> this claw shield, that he, he sees a reflection of his other form, uh, Mumra, the old man. And, like, it's really warped. It looks like it's a, a funhouse mirror. And there's a bunch of kind of silly effects going on, sound effects-wise. Like, like, what are those things where you, like, you clang them and it sounds like, like, weird noises and stuff. And he starts freaking out. Like, he's having a bad trip. Big time, like it's like don't look in a mirror, you know. Right, yeah. If you if you hear that and you know what it is, you know what it is. He should not have looked in the mirror because uh, that's what he he's on a crazy drug trip. That's what he sacrifices is his sanity. Yes, oh, okay. okay, it all matches up. <laughs> so he sees himself his his reflection and it's laughing back at him, and he freaks out and he's just going no no no, just like having a baby freak out. <laughs> this is what ultimately s- saves the day. Like Lionel. Managed to hit uh, one of his cries before actually, like, I guess Tigra and Chitara. Chitara, we cut over to them. They're looking for houses, basically. Real, real estate shopping totally, here. Totally. They're at, they're at a cliffside saying, like, this will be good for, by the way, in this same episode, they refer to this will be a good place for our Tiger Cats lair, or <laughs> Tiger Cats, for our Thundercats lair. <laughs> and he mentions how, like, Panther at the beginning mentions how he could build, like, a Thundercats rover or whatever. These are, like, the name, you would not call them that if you were the Thundercats. You would say, this would be a good place for our new home. You right. wouldn't say our Thundercats lair. They're naming them because that's what the toys are called. So it's like, this is a good place for my He-Man action set right over here, basically. But they're saying, hey, this cliffside's a good place for that. And then Chitara just says, you know, I think earlier I heard the Thundercat roar, by the way. <laughs> I guess yeah. I didn't want to say like almost like I didn't want to say it then, but now that we're done here, let's let's go check that out. And they do, and they everyone arrives at once. Panther, the little kids, Tigra, <laughs> the whole team shows up, and the whole thing is already resolved and only resolved because Lionel happened to have this one item that he accidentally scared his enemy with. Right. Yeah. I don't like that. That's how this gets resolved. It feels wrong. Yeah, it like, does. Thundercats need to get over on their speed, agility, and fighting <laughs> skills, strength, maybe smarts, depending on what it is, not accidents. Like, that's something that Indiana Jones can do, yeah. and then it's cool. He's like, oh, yeah, fucking accidentally did that shit. But, he, like, Lionel isn't like that. He's like a conquering hero. But, I mean, it does. it's kind of fits him being a kid that he wouldn't win on his own. Maybe he has to earn that over time, but it just felt anticlimactic it, it, it did it needs to be more brawn and more yeah more bang them out Dude, you know what i mean beef it up yeah. like yeah we, we had it for a second with with the trunk throwing Just and let then him, it went it went down at least let him knock him over and then he looks into the either you can't see yourself in tar but like something that he see looks into and then he freaks out and that's the accident not yeah. just ah don't hit me and then the, you're you hold up your hand and it's just like it just didn't work Mumra freaks out and just, it looks like he shrinks, but what he does is he flies off into the air, but he looks like he shrinks immediately. Yeah. And then everyone else shows up and they see him off in the distance. Like, what the hell was that? I don't know, but his name was Mumra. That's but, about all. But I fought him immediately. Yeah. Don't worry. I made sure to make an enemy out of him, whether he was one originally or not. Like he, we're not going to be friendly neighbors. For, he, for all he knows, he could have been like, hey, do you know how to get to, oh shit, here we go. Hey, we're I, doing I it. hear you're new in town. I'm here to talk to you. Just because they talk like that doesn't mean they're evil. I brought you a pie. Yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow some sugar? Oh no. <laughs> 
the, we're doing this. <laughs> I guess we're fighting. Like he's like he definitely hit me first. That guy, that Mamra hit me first for sure. Whatever this is, he's evil. The the Thundercats all have this wrap up moment, and um, it's so like you know end of the sitcom. Like ah ha ha, that's our Lionel. But it really is kind of disturbing because they point out like he did something not very good, and then just completely write it off as opposed to the moral of a filmation or whatever where it's like here's what you need to learn it feels like they completely lose the lesson here it was awfully rash of you to take that thing on by yourself lionel but awfully courageous too <laughs> <laughs> once again two things once again chitara well, three is, things cool you get to name the third one buddy uh chitara is just on fire for Lionel, and he is a child. This is like, uh, oh, uh, what's the lady that was in Big? <laughs> it's just that oh, same situation right, 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 where right. it's like, this isn't okay. Like, you need to cool it until he's at least got a few years of being an adult under his belt. But she's just all about it. She can't help it. She's like, she's in heat. Yeah. DPTC in the house. Uh, not only that, but like she, and I like this, actually, I do like this, but it's kind of funny. Like you would think that they would be a little more responsible. Like Panthro is being a parent. That's like, that wasn't a good thing to do. Chitara is just like, yeah, do it again. It turns me on. <laughs> so which is it? You're sending him mixed messages. This is why you're going to have a bad lion boy mm -hmm. grow up and to be a bad lion man. Like mm -hmm. you have to be consistent with your parenting and they're not. Mm -hmm. His his mother figure wants to fuck him, and his father figure doesn't approve of anything he does. You know, but yeah. he doesn't even follow through with any punishments or anything because this guy's the prince of the whole thing. You can't do anything <laughs> to him. It's a terrible situation to grow up in. I, I feel bad for Lionel. He, he's really a victim here. He is. Yeah. Man. The last thing we do is we go back over to the Black Pyramid where Mumra re returns with another blood curdling, painful scream. Like he's, I imagine he's just been screaming the whole time he's been flying back to the pyramid. Just one scream. <laughs> the whole time doing that and he comes back and the the mutants i had to get this clip because the mutants are asking him kind of taunting him but i honestly feel like they also just really want to know like did he get the fucking eye of thundera because they just saw this crazy man what have they been doing in the pyramid this whole time by the way just looking around or just sitting there like checking their watches like i wonder if he's ever going to come back this man we just met this mummy just turned into a monster and flew off trying on some old wraps or <laughs> exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. Oh, that would have been hilarious to see, like, another robe on one of them, like, and they start doing impressions of Mumra and everything, <laughs> laying down in his sarcophagus. Yeah, right. That's totally inappropriate. Me next, me next. And it just closes, and then <laughs> the next one's like a ride that and shit. awesome. Like, bathing in his pool and everything, his cauldron. <laughs> well, Mumra comes back and doesn't say anything to them in response. Really, that's actually kind of badass. Like he's admitting defeat, but he's so pissed off about this whole thing. He's like, "Every, I just lost it. I just like responded. <laughs> I take it like he's looking at what he just did. He's like, so they challenged me, and I responded rashly, and I went out and tried to beat up this kid that's in a man's body, and I got beat. So I need to rethink how I'm doing things because this isn't working for me. <laughs> uh, let's hear what it sounds like when the mutants ask after what happened. Do you have the Eye of Thundera? He doesn't answer. He 
even get it. <laughs> <laughs> the first, I think it's Jack. I can't even tell anymore who says what if it's not Monkey Man. But whoever says it the first time, he goes, "Did you? Did you, Mumra?" Like it almost sounds like a kid. Like, oh wait, he didn't. Daddy, he didn't do it. Daddy's come home from being out of out of town. It's like, did you bring me the Musketeers hat? Did you? <laughs> did you bring it? Like he sounds genuinely excited for a second, but I kind of feel like that's him settling into the sarcasm yeah, like he's actually it playing he he got me he made he convinced me so good job uh, <laughs> yeah it's good acting on that role but yeah mumra just goes back into his tomb he moonwalks right back yeah into he, it. and he just like settles into it doesn't say anything to them and i don't know where i mean obviously in future episodes they'll have a relationship still but it's like that's just where it ends like he doesn't yeah. say anything to them like yes you can stay here for now or whatever like it's like okay well bye-bye have a good nap off to la la land for mr mumra <laughs> That's it, man. That's how this this whole pilot. This is the second part of the pilot. How it ends, and I, yeah, seeing, saying, having seen both now, I very much see how this is supposed to be one story, and really they should have done like a a forty minute cartoon, probably, or like right. a, or even like a thirty five minute cartoon because there's some definite shit to cut. Yeah, in there. Um, I enjoyed it more than the first one. It felt a, I didn't like the resolve of the accidental, you know. But I'm sure we'll get some beefy brawls in the future that'll. You know, satisfy my beef, my beef lust. <laughs> uh, but man, that Mumra though. The, the intro to Mumra was yes. definitely worth it. I want him in every, I mean, I think I'm going to get my wish, but I want him in every episode. I hope he so. I hope, be, he, yeah. I hope he is. He's the awesomest. He's the awesomest. Oh, and also this is another situation where like the villains just don't support each other at all. Yeah, like it's right. like, it's okay, Mumra, you'll get it next time or whatever. <laughs> it's just everybody's at each other's throats. This is why the Thundercats win. Yeah. Because they support each other. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. I have a little bit of cast trivia okay. for you. Okay. So, Slythe, the Lizard Man, was played by Bob McFadden, who is also the voice of Snarf. He has been in a number of other Rankin and Bass productions, which is the production company behind Thundercats, including Silverhawks, which is like everybody on this cartoon is also in Silverhawks. It's just Thundercats in space. We will be doing that at some point. We must okay, increase right. our bust when it comes to Silverhawks. Uh, here was just a funny random piece of shit that, <laughs> that I saw. One of the Rankin and Bass cartoons that he was in that I saw was 1972. It was called Popeye Meets the Man Who Hated Laughter. <laughs> <laughs> he hated laughter so much. He could not stand it. A very serious man. Yes. He played like a billion parts in this thing. And three of the parts that he played were pulp heroes owned by a certain publication company. The Phantom, Mandrake the Magician, and Flash Gordon. All three of whom, he voiced all three of these characters, all three of whom appear in a show that I'm angling for us to cover, which was called Defenders of the Earth in the 1980s. Right. But they've been around since like the 30s. So they all three were in this cartoon for some reason, and he voiced them. It's very strange, because I've been trying to do some research on that cartoon recently, and that popped up. It's just, a, that's the show. I saw the movie title. I thought, that's fucking funny. And then I clicked on it, and then those three characters pop yeah. up. Just random. Very rando. Yes. Uh, we've also got... Monkeyan was played by Peter Newman, who also played Tigra, and Jackalman was played by Larry Kinney, who plays Lion-O. And I feel like I couldn't have told you that. Like, usually Larry Kinney just sounds like Larry Kinney, you know, as Lion-O. He's very hard to cast anything else. Right. But Jackalman, I mean, I guess if you talk like this, you can be anybody. But, like, mm -hmm, I, I believe mm -hmm. it. Now, this brings us to Mumra. Mumra. <laughs> Not only do I have information about him, but I have something very special for you. If you stick through this part, I have a gift for you. Mumra and Jaga are played by Earl Hammond. 
He acted on Days of Our Lives when it was a radio show in the 1940s after he got back from World War II. So that's how long ago we're talking. He did TV commercials, theater, Broadway. His first film, I just thought this was a funny title, was called Satan in High Heels in 1962. Sounds scandalous. It does. Yeah. He moved to voiceover in the late 70s with Star Blazers. Uh, he was on Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, which is another space western, one that we need to check out that's from the 80s. And he was the main villain, also on Mo- called Monstar, on Silverhawks. So he was the main villain on Thundercats, main villain on Silverhawks. Just so much correlation between the two. That, and I didn't know Days of Our Lives was a radio yeah, thing Yeah, dude, that's beforehand. how some of these soaps started out. Wow, yeah, They've been running a long-ass time. Okay, this is the big piece to me. Okay. Earl Hammond was personally selected by Pope John Paul II to read the audio version of his book, Crossing the Threshold, in 1994. Like, hundreds of voice actors submitted to this, and the Pope said, give me Mumra. I don't think he actually said that, but he he said, essentially, that's who he chose. He, he said, give me the, fucking Mumra. That's right. The Pope, Pope John Paul II, chose the representation of evil on New Earth as the voice for his book. I just thought that was so cool that he, he of all, like all these actors, he's like, I handpicked this guy to read my book for me. Wow. Yes. And why wouldn't you choose that with such hits as the following? Motherfucker! Motherfucker! I want to see your tits, my dear. Tits, my dear. <laughs> Do you know what you just heard? No. Thundercats outtakes. They exist. Now, those are the only two of Mumra that I I saw. These were released a while ago online, and um, I just couldn't not include those. (laughs) How the fuck did they? I'm sure the engineer just, you know, released the tapes online. I mean, apparently um, the guy who played Lion-O isn't so happy that they did because there's cussing in them and stuff like that, and he kind of thinks it destroys the illusion of them playing the characters well, and, it's, yeah. and the kids you know like they don't really want kids hearing them talk this way but like yeah i just love the idea of this kind of like he probably wasn't a young man anymore at that point he's talking to the woman playing chitar like i want to see your tits my dear but even that sounds classy coming out of his mouth jiminy you know? christmas yeah that's I love hilarious it. i love it man that's, a, that's just the best, for you buddy that's the best gift you're gonna give yeah any boy that's all i have for trivia um then I would like to know, I'd like to ask you if there's anything you want to share with me. You know what? I've shared with you. I've showed you mine. Show me yours. You know what? Um, you got one to show? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you want to show me? Yeah, right now, man. Let me just zip this down and show you some toy time, baby. Better check your watch. Because it's time for Travis's tune cast. <laughs> Such a dainty lick. Like, <laughs> can barely get that that spit on there. <laughs> oh man! Well, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> this is a it's the first time we've done this revisit of a of a series. Mm-hmm. So it's a very special day here. So I got to dig out to different avenues and different parts of the world, man. It may not be just toys, and so you know it, it gets weird. It's going to get different. But I got. Did, did you look up? Uh, Escorts that are willing to dress as Thundercats <laughs> yes. characters. No, but but I need to get weird like that. Yeah, I like yeah, where yeah. your brain's going. <laughs> Sad right, that that's, man. of course, um, the first place I went. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, I found a Thunderwings Lino. This Thunderwings? Is, this is a very valuable and important toy. 
important. It's very important. Socially. Yes. <laughs> Historically. If you don't own one of these, you are nothing. It's like it's like not having a copy of the Constitution in your house. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. So, Will, um, you want to give me a uh, an idea of what you would pay for a loose one? And a box one okay. because these are these are pretty cray cray. And these are leather wing lionos. Yeah, leather wing, gold encrusted. No. I don't I don't I mean if you take them off of a bat, bats cost like a couple hundred probably, okay. but you, well, once you, you take the wings off of it, like off the it, bat, it, you got to remove the rabies from the bat. Okay, well that's, that's money a lot of, spent. That that actually lo- bats lose value when you take the rabies and the wings. When you take the bat away from the wings, the wings lose value. So right. $50. <laughs> Is that your loose or is that your box? Oh, uh, let's do 50 box. No, let me take it back, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, 50 unboxed, 60 boxed. All right. Well, 65 boxed. It's about to get real crazy here, man. You ready? Yeah. Loose, $500. <laughs> That's loose. Oh, my shit. Now, boxed up in premium mint condition. You can get a Thunderwings Lino for $2,800. What in the in fuck? Guys, what are we doing with so our if lives? You, if you can get one of those, get it, because you're going to want to play with it. I would feel bad <laughs> selling even a toy for that much. Right? I would feel like I had gotten over on somebody. I'm like, if I'm if you're giving me more than $40 for this thing, you're a fool. Yeah, right? <laughs> this That's an insane amount of money. It is. Dude. Uh, I don't have any leather wings, Lionos. I had a, I had a Lion-O. God knows where he is now. Right. A, he's a, I, all I have are Lucy's, by the way. Mm. I don't have any package things because I play with my toys. Oh, yeah, I'm a shit, toy player. I see them. They're all yeah. Torn don't, up and don't, shit. don't don't playing with toys now. All right, man. Uh, let's move on down uh, down the Mumra path here. Okay. How much for a loose moral Mumra? Well, that's the only way they come, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Now I got to warn you, Will. Yeah. I got to warn you. You tend to aim on the lower end. Uh-huh. You better aim pretty low end on this. On a loose mumra? On a loose mumra. Okay. Aim very low. Well, I dude. definitely don't want this podcast to end. Yeah. <laughs> Our wager. <laughs> I mean, aim okay. low. Okay. Loose mumra. Dirty okay. loose mumra. I couldn't I couldn't find them in Dirty in loose mint. mumra. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find a mint. <laughs> All mumra. mumras are dirty. All mumras are loose. Yeah. Just you should look like for the nastiest mumra, like paint chipped off. I might have found him. You might have. This is the nastiest mumra on eBay. He'll yeah. do anything you want. Yeah, he comes <laughs> yeah. smoking a cigarette. Yeah. How do you want it? Yeah. Um. Gosh. Gosh, Louise. Well, then let's say if it needs to be on the low side, let's say five dollars because that's like fifty with a decimal point. The podcast can still continue. Good. Thank. Yeah, God. I'm playing it safe. I ain't ending this thing. All right, man. You can get a loose moral mumra for twenty seven dollars. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of crazy. That's yeah, it's still kind of high for a piece of plastic, you know, because those yeah. things were like five to ten dollars when <laughs> I was a kid. That's true. Yeah. All right, man. Let's move on down the beaten path to a uh, little autograph talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little autograph yes, talk, man. Please. All right. So if I were to tell you, I found an eight by ten photo of Lino. Okay. With a certain signature. Wait, of- wait, wait, wait. A photo of Lino. <laughs> <laughs> like in the wild, yes, <laughs> like, yes, like a true, a true, uh, the real man on which the cartoon was based. Got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Photo of Lino. Okay, a, a glossy eight by ten. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a headshot of Lino. No. All right. A picture. A uh, 
A drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it still doesn't sound right. Sorry. No, you were right with photo, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. A Lino picture. Yes. A, drawn, a drawn picture of Lino. Right, right. Eight by ten with a certain uh, signature on there of Larry Kinney. I was going to say, it better be that certain signature. Yeah. Well, yeah. how much you say that, that would slip through your hands for? Shit. Or uh, slip to your hands. Or get to your hands. I'm wanting to say, I'm going to step it back. I've been playing fast and loose. Yeah. I don't, this podcast means too much to me. I'm going to say 40. $150. Oh, man. Which is pretty good. That's I'm more thinking, than three times what I said. Right? That's a yeah. pretty good deal, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. No, that's, I would uh, not pay that much, but I would also sell it for that much. So, <laughs> sounds good to me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pay 150 for a Larry Kinney? No. Why do I care if somebody signs something? That's true. Look, I don't know who's handled any of the objects in my house. Like, it, I mean, just because somebody touched something doesn't make it a big deal. All right, so so let's move on down the path. You're really not going to care about this one. We're going to move deeper into the Black Pyramid. Yes, 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 the catacombs. All right, man. Um, so what would you do if I told you I found a what? What, what would you do? <laughs> a drawn picture <laughs> of the likeness. Uh, uh, of the likeness of Panthro, signed by no other than Russ Huxtable. No, oh, than Kevin Michael. He 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 does the voice of the new Panthro on the new Thundercats. I'd give you like, <laughs> don't be a dick. You 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 can get kind of high if you want to. I would to. say the person needs to pay me however much it takes to find a frame for that thing. And Kevin, that's it. Yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson. No, they're paying me. It's my offer. Oh, okay. yeah, they're going to pay me as much as it All takes right, for me well, to frame it. I like your style, but they, um, you'll actually be coughing up $108. What? For a signed autograph by Kevin Michael that's, Richardson that plays New Panthro. He's done, he does a lot of voices. I was going to say his name sounds works. really familiar. Well, still, that's bullshit. Yeah. No, thanks. Oh, okay. No sale. You failed again to sale me, sale me anything, Travis. I'm sorry. And then uh, last but not least, yes. a, um, a Halloween costume of Lino. Just, How much? Okay, adult or child? Oh, adult. Okay, well, no, I gotta know because that makes a difference in clo- uh, you know the cloth used. Okay, the amount of it. Fifteen dollars. Sixty-five dollars. How? It's real. That's real shit. Well, I mean, is this like from back in the day? No, it's. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think they made and, adult ones and, then, and it's signed by Larry Kenny himself <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> The pant leg is oh signed. God. Larry on one leg, Kenny yeah. on the other. He said, yeah, babe. He probably like signed the <laughs> chest of a Chitara <laughs> costume. Wow, man. So if you put if you strap Thundercats on something, it's going to be worth something, basically. 100%. That's what it seems like. 100, hey, 100 per Oh, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> You're wild, man. Gross. <laughs> all right. Is that all you got for me, toys-wise? That's all I got. All right, man. Well, this has been a wonderful revisiting of Third Earth, uh, New Thundera, if you will. I do look forward to coming back to this place, this place where uh, silvery seal babies Mm. walk around with their leathery skin exposed for the world to see, and old Mumra men are wrapped up and and then decide to just come out and let their their freak flag fly. Yeah, right. It's hard to say. (laughs) Slow it down. Um. We're going to come back with these guys sometime soon. These aren't like, you know, like miniseries or anything, at least not to start off with. So we'll just kind of pick and choose the good ones. If you guys have any suggestions for which ones we should watch, because I don't remember a lot of these. I remember one where Panther fights himself. That's it. Dude, it's I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. That and the new Thundercats. We'll get to them. Well, you and I will have some discussions. But yeah, guys, uh, reach out to us on Facebook, on 
Twitter at dptooncast. Also, you can email us at dptooncast at gmail.com and let us know what Thundercats episodes you want us to check out because mm. we are kind of flying dark here. Yeah, for sure. I'm man. just reading Wikipedia like summaries of these things and then saying like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Of course, if I do that, they're all going to sound good. Yeah, Because there was so. no shitter in the bunch. Um, <laughs> get her my shitter. Get her my shitter. Schlitterbomb. <laughs> uh, Travis, would you like to tell the listeners, the lovely listeners at their homes or wherever they might be about anything that you've done? Yeah, definitely, man. Like so, it makes um, them... Uh, Confessions? Yeah, I got, got a couple yeah. confessions. Yeah. Yeah, so I do another podcast, man, called Nature of the Beast. It's found everywhere podcasts are found. It's a true crime podcast with a twist. It's found on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean. Get it, get it, get it. It's good. I do it with Brandon and Catherine. They're very good. They're very funny. We do the damn thing. Do get the damn it. thing. Get it. Get it. Get it. It's good. Get it. Get it. Get it. It's good. It's true. Crime with a twist. 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 So what is the twist? It's just a twisted twist. You don't want to admit the secret ingredient. Okay, I got it. Understood. Coca-Cola formula. All right, guys. Come back this Sunday. Travis and I are going to be talking about the 80s animated television series, Cops. Not the reality show on Fox, but the show C.O.P.S.Cops. We're going to be talking about its initial premiere episode, the title of which is The Case of the Stuck Up Blimp. If you want to go check that out somewhere before you come back this Sunday to hear our thoughts on it. And then next Thursday, you got to be here. We're trying something a little bit different from usual. It's very, very important that you hear this because DPTC will be covering the entire three-episode 1984 miniseries, Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye. This is huge. So don't miss out. Go check out those episodes. It's just like an hour of your time to go check them out so you'll know what the hell we're talking about. And it's Transformers. Everyone loves it. Go check it out. Come back this Sunday to hear Cops. And come back next Thursday to hear all about the 1984 Transformers miniseries. Okay, guys. Uh, tutor my duder. Tutor my duder. This is Will signing off for the Days Past Tooncast. This is Travis saying bye for the Days Past Tooncast. But don't worry, guys. We will be back because in the words of our good friend, Mumra. There will be another time. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Tutor my duder. Oh, just toot on my dude.